Hi there, welcome to the Causeway Coast Vineyard podcast. We are a church who are passionate about seeing the transformation of individuals and institutions in our city through the generations to see all things new in our community. We hope you enjoy this message. Okay, good morning. Don't you just love that video, Jim and Rodney? My goodness. Um, And just in case you don't know the end of that story, um, Rodney did come to Alpha. Rodney did give his life to Jesus. Um, And Rodney today, actually, he leads uh, a facilitates a hub along with Janet and I and also helps to bring other people into life with Jesus. I just love uh, just the story. Anyway, listen, we're on this series, Fit for Purpose. And one of the big questions that we ask in our lives, especially if we're a follower of Jesus, and I know we're not all followers of Jesus in this room, but even... Even if we don't, even if we have an awareness of God, one of the questions that we ask is, am I getting this life right? Am I doing the things that I should be doing? Or maybe we're asking, or am I becoming the person that I'm supposed to be? None of us want to get that stuff wrong, right? When we're making decisions in life, we want to ensure that we're making the right decisions. And if we have an awareness of God, we want to make sure that we're making the decisions that God would want us to make. And that starts like from, from the earliest ages, right? We, I'm sure some of you may have had kids that were getting AQE results uh, yesterday. Well done to you guys, by the way. Uh, regardless of what result you, do, you got, well done um, for doing that. But, but we choose schools, don't we? We're in this process with our kid at the minute. In a year and a half, he will move into secondary school. And he's already starting to think, what school am I going to get to? And we're, we're praying and we're going like, well, well we don't know. Well, let's ask God what we do. Or maybe once you're in school, you're thinking about GCS. You're thinking about, will I leave school, get a job? Will I go on to tech? Um, what will I do? Will, it, will I get this job? What will I do? Will I change jobs? Should I go to university? Who should I date, right? We ask those questions. And we just begin to ask question upon question upon question. What, where should I live? Uh, what church should I go to? Uh, where on earth should I be located in the world? What word should I start my wordle with this week? Anyone doing wordle yet? few of us. Yeah, okay. Uh, Maybe for those of us, uh, speaking to guys here, maybe 30s, 40s especially, are we going to decide to go bald gracefully or are we going to comb over for a while longer? Right? This was good of Mark. Mark sent this photo to us this week from California. Um, It's been a tough time for him since he's left. And uh, just in case you don't know Mark, he was on staff here and that is not Mark. But I want to be this man when I get older. He looks great. But we just don't want to get it wrong. When it comes to our lives, we don't want to get it wrong. And I've got really, really, really good news this morning. It's actually harder to get it wrong than it is to get it right when it comes to God's purpose for our lives. It's harder to get it wrong than it is to get it right. And I'm going to explain why? Because for so many of us, we kind of think that God's purpose in our lives is like finding a needle in the haystack. It's like God is is kind of hiding it for us so that we can't find it, so that he can laugh at us or something. But that's not at all. That's not the God that I know. That's not the God that I follow. Actually, God has it set up so that we can win. He's on our side. He is rooting for us. He created us and planned us for his pleasure. He wants to see us win in this. In a book in the Bible called Ephesians, it was a letter written to a group in in Ephesians 2.10. It says this, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. 
He has planned it. He wants us to step into his goodness and to everything. It's set up so that we can win. And the goal of this whole series, the the reason that we even wanted to talk about this over these uh, first few months of 2022, is we want to all be in a place where we know that every day when we open our eyes in the morning, that we are stepping into what God has for us. Right? It doesn't matter what our job is or if we have a job at all. It doesn't matter what our relationship status is. It doesn't matter what our bank account says. We all want to be able to wake up and we hope that through this we can all go on a journey of waking up in the morning going, I am becoming who God has made me to be. And I'm stepping into his purpose. And when we close our eyes last thing again at night, that we know I have done everything that I can to step into that today. And even if I missed it, I can wake up tomorrow and start again. That's the goal of this series, and it's really important that we, we, we do that, that we look at, and I want to lean into that today. But it's vital that we remember the foundations that have been laid right the way throughout this series. Now, if you, if you missed the first few weeks of this, I'm going to go over them just really, really, really quickly. But it's really important that everything that we talk about today and in the coming weeks is built upon the foundations we've already looked at. Because if we don't build upon those foundations, we lose that opportunity to make it easier for us to be in the purpose of God. If we forget the foundations, it actually becomes really easy to miss what God has for us in our life. But if we remember those foundations, it's actually easier to walk in the purpose God has for our life. Does that make sense? So what are those foundations, just in case you missed it? Well, week one, we looked at this and we said, well, it's about God, that everything is about him. Okay, so if our purpose is not built and based on him, then it's not a purpose worth pursuing. If it's not built on him, it, it might be a fun hobby, it might be noble, it might be great to do, but if it's not partnered with him, then it's not his purpose. So everything that we do has to be built on him. That, that's the foundation that it's all got to start in. Again, another verse in this, we're going to look in the message. It's a version of the Bible, Colossians 1, 16. It says it like this, for everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. Anything that exists outside of that is not going to work for us, okay? So if we're, especially if we're following Jesus, and we've been singing songs about it this morning, the guys let us pray about it, Jesus is number one in our lives. Jesus is not something else in our lives that we fit in, right? If you're anything like me, you're probably busy, you've got stuff going on in your life, but, but we don't get the opportunity if we're following Jesus to go, and then I'll do my Jesus time at the end, He has to come front and center, and everything else goes around him. Everything else rotates around him. All of our activity, everything that we're doing, that means that all of our possessions, all of our stuff, all of our time, all our resource is centered around Jesus, not the other way around. So we don't get the opportunity, unfortunately, as a follower of Jesus. In fact, well, it's not really, unfortunately, because it's so much better for us, but we don't get the opportunity to say, I didn't have time for Jesus this week. When we're saying that, what we're really saying is I haven't put him at the center. He's what happens elsewhere. And it's so important that he comes in to the center of our life. It's just important. We've got to do that. It's not, it's not about us. You, you know, maybe you're hearing that. You're like, Nilly, I'm so busy. I'm not asking you to take on more stuff. It's not necessarily about doing, doing more 
for Jesus. It's about doing more with Jesus. It's Jesus at the workplace. Jesus in the supermarket. Jesus when I'm driving. Jesus when I'm walking. Jesus when I'm watching TV. Like it's about bringing Jesus into all of that. Jesus when I play computer games. Honestly, I've actually started that practice. I play FIFA. I love playing FIFA on the PlayStation. And I was getting really annoyed when people beat me, right? It happens a lot. And do you know what I decided? It was making me so frustrated. I was like, God, I need to turn this into something that glorifies you. So do you know what I do now? Every time someone scores against me in FIFA, I pray for them. <laughs> Honestly, my prayer life has gone through the roof because I get scored against a lot. But I'm saying, Jesus, I even want you to be the center of this. Jesus at the center. So foundation one, it's gotta be about God. Foundation two, it's about his ultimate purpose. God has an ultimate purpose for his creation, for all of humanity. It says in the book of Revelation, right at the end of the Bible, that he's making all things new. His kingdom is coming. He is restoring and recreating everything and our purpose will always come out of his ultimate purpose. And if our purpose doesn't come out of his ultimate purpose, then we will be frustrated. If we're trying to live out any other purpose that's not coming out of his ultimate purpose, we will be frustrated, right? It's, it's like if you've ever walked into a shop or a supermarket that's got a one-way system and you try and go the other way, it's frustrating for you, but mostly for the other people, right? If you play sport, you play in a team that's trying to play a certain way and you wanna play a different way, you'll get frustrated. You go into a workplace culture and they're trying to do things this way and you decide to do it another way, you will become frustrated and in the same way, We've got a purpose and direct our lives and it comes out of his ultimate purpose. Even Jesus, when he came from heaven onto earth, we find that even he lived out the will of his father. It says this in the book of John 6 and verse 30, it says this, for I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. It's gotta come out of his ultimate purpose. Purpose. And then the third foundation is it's actually not about what we do, it's about who we're becoming. So often we base this search for purpose and God's will in what we do, but it's not about that. It's good that we do things and sometimes God will direct us that way, but the foundation actually is more about who we're becoming in the midst of it. Last week, uh, Janet shared just her story about finding purpose and one of the gems that she said in the middle of that talk was this. She said, I've had many different roles, but none of them have contained my purpose. Instead, I brought my purpose to those roles. None of them, a, a job title, a, a position at university, a GCSE, an AQE pass or whatever it is, none of those actually contain our purpose. We bring our purpose to them. And this is for all of us. It doesn't matter what way we're wired. It doesn't matter who we are. If you heard Janet last week, Janet is, is someone who for most of her life avoided any talk on purpose or any podcast on purpose or any book on purpose because she didn't think she was purpose-driven at all. She wasn't interested in climbing ladders. She wasn't interested in how much money she earned. She wasn't interested in any of those things. And so for so many years of her life, she felt like her life, well, maybe I'm just not a purpose person. I am the opposite. 
For most of my life, I've just wanted to beat everyone. I've wanted to climb those ladders. I've wanted to, to, to get to wherever I can. My mom still says that the only reason I ever worked in school was in primary school, that I found out that someone else in the class was in a higher maths book than I was. And she says it was the only reason I started working, to beat them. I didn't, by the way, just so we're clear. They were much smarter than me uh, when it came to maths. But I'm that kind of person. And you might be here today and maybe you're, you're retired, maybe uh, you're kind of, maybe you've got ill health, maybe there's something going on and you've counted yourself out of being a person of purpose as well. You're thinking, well, I used to be, but now I'm not. Maybe you're young and you think it's too early to be a person of purpose. No, this is for everyone. We all get invited into this. We all get to live out our purpose from his ultimate purpose. It's always about who we're becoming, no matter what age or stage we are at. We have to be careful. If you're more like Janet, you have to be careful not to count yourself out. And if you're like me, you have to be careful not to knock yourself out. We're all invited into this story. All invited into it, okay? We're gonna put up the verse that we've been using right the way throughout the series, Philippians 2. Um, 13, and we've underlined just the part. So actually, what I'd love you to do, would you read this with me? Um, let's just read it. So it says this, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Okay, and throughout this series, what we've said, we've been, we've been really looking at it. It's for it is God, that was that foundation, and it's in order to fill his good purpose. That's the ultimate purpose that he has for life. But you'll notice we've underlined the part in the middle because even though it is God, he works that through who? Us, every one of us. If we have a pulse, we're chosen, right? He works it through us. And here's the thing, and I want, to remember, I want you to remember what I said at the start. If we, if we keep those foundations in mind, if we keep building upon them, it is much, much easier to walk in the purpose that God has for us than it is to miss it. But with that said, here's the thing, his ultimate purpose for us isn't his inevitable purpose for us today. Okay, so his ultimate purpose, God will see his purpose come to pass, he will. There's no guarantee that it's gonna happen through us in this moment in time. It's conditional. And the condition isn't on his side, it's on our side. It's whether we choose to step into that or not, okay? We, we've talked about this phrase before, it's a Northern Ireland phrase we use, what's for you, I'll not go by you. You heard that? What's for you, I'll not go by you. Well, I'm here to tell you that it will. If you don't step in. If we don't engage, actually what was meant to be for us will go by us. If we read through the Bible, we see many times where God had destined something for a generation, but they refused to step in to the promise that God had called them to, and it absolutely went by them. He waited for another generation that would rise up and do it. And I don't know about you, I don't want to miss it. You see, God doesn't force us into his purpose. He, he doesn't kick us into it. Like we're not like lifeless pawns that he just moves about in this big universal cosmic game of chess. And all we need to do is just stand still long enough for him to move us. No, he speaks and he directs and he opens up, but he invites us into engagement with it. We actually must step into that. We must choose to act upon his direction and into what he has called us to do. 
And so over these next few weeks in this series, we're gonna begin talking about how we might start to do that. How might we begin to step into that? How might we begin to think about that? And there's one big thing that I wanna talk about today. One big idea that this is all you need to remember and it's remember. Remember. I wanna talk about the act of remembrance today. Now, you might be here and you might be thinking, why are we talking about remembrance? I want to talk about revelation. Surely if we're moving forward, we need God to reveal more to us. We shouldn't be looking back and we shouldn't just be reminiscing about stuff. It's all about moving forward. And revelation is so important. It is so important that we're always looking towards what God is doing. In fact, at the end of the service today, we're actually gonna have a team in the overflow. We're gonna pull back those doors at the end and we're gonna set up prayer stations that you can go and we're gonna have the kind of prophetic uh, booth. So what that means is you can go, some people are gonna pray for you, they're gonna listen to God and they're gonna tell you what they hear, right? Revelation is good. It's really important. We believe in that. But sometimes I think we've got so fixated on looking forward and waiting on revelation that we forgot the art of remembering. That we've forgotten the power that there is in remembering. Now here's the thing, you might be going, oh no, it's about remembering and I can't remember anything. Well, here's the good news. It's not about a memory test. It's not about God asking us to remember verses. It's not about all of that stuff at all. In fact, in Hebrew thinking, to remember, it wasn't an, an inactive process. It was actually an activation process. It wasn't that remembering meant that you had to flick through your mind to try and find what happened in January 1993. Actually, what remembering was, it was a way to engage your head, your heart, and your hands into the purposes of God today. Throughout scriptures, we see again and again and again, God calls his people to remember. Remember my works. Remember what I did. Remember that I rescued, out of rescued you out of slavery and into freedom. Remember that I split the waters of the Red Sea and the Jordan River to bring you into a promised land. These are all stories from Scripture. We even see Jesus talking about it to his disciples when they had forgotten the miracles that he did with the loaves and the fishes. He said, you remember these things. They weren't doing it to reminisce and go like, oh, those were the good old days. God was calling them to remember so that they could see his power today and tomorrow. So it's not an inactive process, it's an active process. So much of our destiny is contained in our history. So much of our destiny, the purpose that God has for our lives is actually contained in our history. It's contained in what he's already done. Let's keep looking for revelation, absolutely. But let's not forget to remember. I want to show you an example of this from Scripture. There's a book in the Bible called Psalms or the Psalms, and, uh, and it's really just a collection of songs and writings and poems and lots of different things, but it's a really expressive book. It's the different writers in it will pour out their heart, the things that they're feeling about God. And there's a guy in that called Asaph, great name. If you need a new name for a child, Asaph is available. And what we find is that Asaph, when he's writing this psalm, is he's having a really tricky time. Spiritually, he is struggling. I'd imagine when it comes to God's purpose in his life, he's really struggling to know what to do. And so uh, we pick it up, uh, Psalms 77, one to two says this, I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands, but I would not be comforted. So he's struggling. 
He's having a hard time. And when we hear in the next verses that he tries to remember, but even that causes him distress. He, he just cannot focus on it. And so he comes to this conclusion in Psalm 77, verses seven to nine. Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? He's struggling, right? I've talked to people over these last two years that we've been walking through who have said statements similar to that. Some of us have honestly prayed prayers like that. God, have you forgotten us? When we don't see the breakthrough that we want, when we didn't see the healing that we'd hoped for? Have your promises stopped? Is that not happening anymore? And so Asaph is struggling and he's crying out to God. And what he wants, I'm guessing in that moment, is God to speak from the heavens, to just go, Asaph, I hear you. Like, why is God always American? I don't know, is that close? Anyway, that's what he's looking for. And that's what most of us are looking for when we come before God in question, aren't we? We say, God, come on, highlight something, give me something, I need revelation. But here's what Asaph actually chooses to do again. Psalm 77, 10 to 12, it says this, then I thought, to this I will appeal, the years when the Most High stretched out his hand, right hand, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all of your works and I'll meditate on all of your mighty deeds. So as far as we're knowing, it's not that God speaks to him in that moment, it's that Asaph goes, wait a wee minute. In, the, in my past, I remember when this did happen. And so he begins to recall it. I remember when he stretched out his hand. I remember his deeds. I remember the miracles. I consider all of his works. I'm going to think about, meditate on all of his deeds. And he begins to start this process of doing it. Well, this is where it ends up in verse 13 to 15. It says this, now he's saying, your ways, God, are holy. Well, God is as great as our God. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. And that was his heritage. That was his line. Do you see the difference it makes in his life? He's at a place of questioning whether God even does miracles, whether he's good at all. And he ends up declaring that he's the God who performs miracles. That's the power of this process. God didn't speak in the middle of Asaph's pain through revelation. He spoke through remembrance. That actually he used breakthrough in Asaph's past to open up his future. And I think there's so many of us today, we're so busy just waiting for that revelation and waiting for that revelation that we forget that God has already put the solutions in our lives already that he's already spoken away, that he's already put a deposit in our lives that if we would only look back, if we would only remember and recall and bring to mind again his promises and his provision that actually we get to walk into a future. It's really important. Uh, part of our Encounter School of Mission that we've uh, talked about in the past number of weeks, a course that we do, and uh, will be starting again in September, we take a few weeks just to talk about remembrance. And so because I've been a part of that school for a number of years, this is a practice that I've really been kind of cultivating in my life. Because the truth is, even though I do this job as a pastor, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden I'm immune from having spiritual crisis. It doesn't mean that like I'm just skipping every day to woo, revelation to revelation. 
There's days that I go, God, I need this, I need you. And what I've learned in that is to also push into remembrance. So I actually have written down, I have it in like a, a diary on my, my phone, my iPad, where I just write down every time I see God break through, every time I feel his presence, and, and I just keep them in a thing, and I'll just read through them in times where I'm feeling really dry. When I start to doubt whether he can break through at all, I just reread them again and again. Right, so I, I've written in at times that I've said to you, like I remember the first time listening to worship and singing worship songs and I felt that I could no longer just stand like this but I had to do something, right? And I remember raising my hand to half-mast, right? It was slower than that. And I remember that moment, I just remember, it wasn't like God put up my hand, I just remember, I can't, God, I can't just stand anymore, I've gotta do something. And I read that again to remember his power. I remember the first time I was in a room of people and the Holy Spirit fell in that room in a way that was undeniable. And so in times when I'm standing in rooms, we'll do it at the end at ministry time and you're just going, was that me? Was that Jesus? Was that me? Was that God? Was that me? Was that God? When I'm in those moments, I just remember, but I know your power. I know when you've come and when you met me. I write down and I remember the first ever teenager that I got the opportunity to lead to faith in a classroom. And I remember that moment. And so in the times when I don't see what I wanna see and people responding to Jesus, I remember moments like that and the hundreds of other moments since when God did break into someone's life. And I recall, I remember, honestly, I, I never forget the day that when, um, goodness, November 2016, when Alan and Catherine had asked us to take on leading Cosby Coast Vineyard Church, and we just didn't know what to do. And I remember Janet coming back from the school run, walking into my uh, office at the time, uh, and she was white as a sheet, and she goes, God just spoke, write this down. And I wrote down these six things as quick as we could, because I knew you wouldn't remember. Um, so it was really important <laughs> to do it. And do you know what? Days when this job has been difficult, days when I'm not seeing what I want to see, days when we're just going, what on earth are we doing? We read those six things again, but God, you said this. You spoke. And we're gonna stand on those promises before we stand on our experiences. We're gonna always lean into those moments. So I wanna encourage us to start that practice today of remembrance. Like it's important for Revelation. I'm really not saying, so you get to do these two things together. We get to do them together. But I was thinking about this this morning. I was reading my Bible just uh, this morning. And there's that part in, in the scriptures where Jesus uh, talks and he says, those who eat my food, those who eat my words never need to go hungry again. Right, they never need to be hungry again. I'm not, I can't say for sure this is what was going on, but and of course I was thinking about remembering because I was speaking on it this morning, of course. And I, just, I wonder if that's what he meant. I wonder if that's what he meant. Like he goes, if you've met with me, if, you, if you've heard my words, if you understand who I am and what I've done, then as long as you know that, you never need to go hungry again. There's food enough for that for the rest of your lives. You actually don't even need a new meal because you still will be digesting this for the rest of your life. I don't know if he meant that, but I'm choosing it right now. Now, maybe you're here and you're just like, Neil, that's great, but I don't actually have a story like yours. I don't have any faith history. This is my, maybe my first day here. So I've got nothing I can recall. I've got, I've got no stories of the goodness of God to do. Well, that is okay, because you know what? We've got a book called the Bible, 
and we'd love to give it to you because it's got story upon story and promise upon promise of what God has for us in our lives. So whenever we're struggling, we can just read those promises again. Jesus, you said we'd never go hungry. You said we'd never thirst again. You said that you'd never leave us nor forsake us. You you told us that we'd never be alone. So in the moments we feel alone, we can read that and remember the promises of God. We can recall those things to us. And now in the the time that I've got left here, what I want to really talk about is, is that remembering, but actually how we get to actively step in and lean into that practice. Okay, there's no point, is there, us coming to services on a Sunday or a small group or whatever it is that we go to, and we can listen to teaching, whether it's good or bad, it doesn't matter, but if we don't do anything about it, it's not going to change anything. And so we have to actively lean in. We have to actively begin those practices. So I want to talk about that. I want, I, want to, I want to challenge each of us today to actively lean in, to start that process of remembering if you haven't started it before. Write it in a book, put it in your phone, record it, you know, just speak it out if that's going to be easier for you. Whatever it takes to do it, I want to encourage you to do it. But I want to encourage us to do this stuff as we're looking for our purpose in the future. I want, us to encourage, I want to encourage us to do this on mission together. See, sometimes when it comes to listening to God's voice, when it comes to discerning would be a word that we use to, to really work out what is it that he's saying. We have this picture that we must do it alone on some desert island with a notebook, with absolutely no distractions, and we just need to get to a peaceful place like that on top of a mountain And that's what it looks like. And there's times for that, of course. It's important that there's times we spend alone with God. There's times when we got to get away from the distractions. It's really, really, really important. But actually what I find in my life and in most of my friends' life who follow Jesus is what's far more common is that God actually speaks to us when we're engaging in the mission that he has for us. That actually when we're in the midst of it, it's when it actually makes the most sense and it becomes the easiest to step into it right? That actually we begin to learn and hear more by doing something rather than just reading a textbook about it whenever we're far away from it. Does that make sense? So like I want God, I want to share my faith with people. That's what I want to do. I find that God actually directs me towards people much, much, much more than when I'm out with people than when I'm at home praying about it. It doesn't mean that I shouldn't pray about it, so, but, but that's what happened. So I got the chance to do it this week where I just got to, um, I, was, I was at something and I just determined myself when I turned up that I'm going to be someone who connects with someone new and, and that maybe I'll get an opportunity to share my faith. I prayed before I left the house and the way to that place and then I, I turn up and I see someone standing on their own that I don't recognize and I walk over beside them and say, hi, how are you doing? My name's Neil. I'm getting better at the small talk thing. And we start talking. Within about three minutes, they share about an incurable disease that they've been given. It didn't take long. Talking about how they manage that, talking about what's going on. Well, I got to tell them, look, hey, actually, I'm part of a church who prays for people who are sick. We believe that God can heal, and I'm going to be praying for you. I was intentional about it. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I don't do that all the time. The truth is this year, I actually haven't heard God speak to me loads about that. The reason why, I haven't been intentional about stepping into doing it with him. And so I think it's important whenever God speaks to me for people, he does it way more whenever I'm out in public asking God, who would you like me to speak to? And so there's something about active engagement that's so important for us in this process. 
especially if we're in a place of uncertainty right now. And I know that so many of us are in a place of uncertainty. The last couple of years have made us uncertain. We're unsure, should I be in this place? Should I go to that place? Should I do this or should I go there? And what happens in moments of uncertainty, what we tend to do is we stop. And we just say, I'm just gonna wait until everything calms down and then I'll engage again. And what I wanna encourage you to do today, unless God is specifically speaking and saying, don't move, I'm gonna tell you to step in. Because on the process, he will speak to you and he will direct you. It's so important, I believe, that we, we wanna do this. Um, I'm gonna need a volunteer. I'm gonna look down here again. Kerry, is that Kerry? Kerry, could you come up? Perfect, why don't we welcome Kerry? Um, <laughs> Kerry is... Um, part of our Encounter School of Mission, when you come stand here. I actually first met Kerry when she signed up for an online Zoom group in lockdown. Um, and so when I first met Kerry in person, I couldn't believe how tall you were. I tell you that every time. I thought she was tiny, but she's not. She's very tall. Um, so you just wait there. You're good. Okay. Here's the question I want to ask is put your hands up if you would love to hear God's direction for your life today. Put your hands up if you would love to hear God's direction. Put it up higher, higher, higher. Okay, that's a good amount of the room. I'm gonna talk to you about what you can do in the process of listening to God's direction for your life. Does that sound good? <laughs> Janet, are you happy with that? You're the only one, you're the only one, who cares? Um, so here's what we're gonna do, and I'm gonna use it through a passage of remembering. This is something that Jesus instructed his disciples whenever he was sending them out on mission. And if we're a follower of Jesus today, we know that today we are also called to be people of mission, people of purpose. And the passage we're gonna look at to learn what to do whilst we're in the uncertainty, whilst we're listening to what God is calling us to do is we're gonna do the same thing his disciples did. So let's bring up Matthew 10, verses seven and eight. This is what Jesus said to them. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those that have leprosy, drive out the demons. Freely you've received, freely give. And what Jesus is saying, you've received this stuff, right? It's been given to you. So because you've had it, you can remember it, and then you get to give it to someone else. That makes sense? You glad you put up your hand now? Because this is what we get to do in the middle of waiting. We get to, while we're saying, God, I don't know if I should be here or here. I don't know if I should be at this uni or that uni. I don't know if I should work in this job or that job. I don't know if I should live in this house or that house. What you get to do while I'm waiting, I'm going to proclaim that the kingdom of heaven's come near. I'm going to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those of leprosy, and drive out demons. Deal? <laughs> Even less if you're excited now. So I'm going to show you and train you really quickly how to do that. Make sense? People are like, close those doors, lock them. People are leaving. And so here's what you do. So let's imagine Carrie is someone that I've encountered in my life, and I'm going to do this stuff. I'm going to live it out. So I'm going to come, and, and here's what I get to say to Carrie. Let's imagine Carrie's sick, okay? Are you sick? Oh, no, good. God, probably not good to cough in this current season. Um, but let's imagine Carrie is sick. Here's what I get to do. I can just say, Carrie, I see that you're sick. I believe that God can heal. Can I pray for you? And she'll say yes, or she'll run away, right? One or the other. And here's what we do. If we, we can lay hands on her, if you don't want to lay hands on someone, that's fine. And here's all we do. We just say, Holy Spirit, come. I just pray that you be well in the name of Jesus. Amen. Right? We can all do that. 10 seconds at the most. 
let's imagine Kerry is, what's the next one? Oh, let's imagine Kerry's dead, <laughs> right? I don't, I don't want to be too funny about this. I, I realize that we're not going to encounter many people like that, but if, in case it happens, here's the same thing. You can stay standing. Kerry, rise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, similar model. Let's imagine Kerry has leprosy right now. Okay, again, not likely in this come, but we can do the same thing again. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Again, driving out demons, I know difficult, but let's imagine someone you meet is tormented and they're struggling. Kerry, be free in the name of Jesus. Amen. Here's the thing, if we just do those things in the middle of our uncertainty, in the middle of our waiting, in the middle of not being sure, I'm pretty sure God's gonna meet us and speak to us in the middle of it. Why don't we thank Kerry for helping us. Kerry, thank you, I appreciate that. We're nearly there. I just wanna highlight again this idea of stepping into it. So many times people have come to me and they've said, Neil, I don't know whether to go, if I'm supposed to work here or work here. I don't know if I'm supposed to shop here or shop here. Where does God want me to shop? And I said, has God spoken to you about it? Does he have a huge desire, whether it's Asda or Sainsbury's or Tesco's? And they say, well, no, he hasn't spoken. And I say, pick one. And when you pick one, go and proclaim that the kingdom of heaven's come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those of epilepsy, drive out demons. Do you know what? Even if you get it wrong, I think he'll bless it. And so I want to encourage us to actively step in. There's something about when we're already on the move that it makes it easier to direct someone, right? If I'm to stand here and plant my feet and someone tries to move me, they might be able to do it, but it's gonna be harder. If I'm already on the move, it's gonna be way easier to direct us. Now, God could break through any of those kind of things, but here's the thing. When we're actually engaging and doing what he's already promised that we can do, we're gonna hear his voice much more easily. So remember the foundations, it's God. It's about his ultimate purpose. And it's not about what we do as much as it is who we're becoming. Why don't you stand and we're gonna pray. Uh, Joel and Shannon are gonna come back up and and help us to do this. And really all we wanna do at this point is we just wanna give God the chance to move. Yeah, he's already here. We, we got to meet with him in lots of different ways, but. Yeah, so why don't you maybe, you maybe want to close your eyes and bow your head and, and, and really all we're doing is just putting our focus on him in this moment. So Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. Thank you that you're with us. Thank you that you're here, that you're moving right across the room, God, that you are present in each of our lives. Lord, whether we're watching in service or whether we're at home watching this online, You're the same God. And uh, yeah, we want to give you a chance if you are here today and maybe you would say, I don't really have a faith history. I I don't um, follow God. Or maybe you were brought up in the church and you've walked away from that. But today you're saying, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to walk in relationship with him. What we'd love you to do is you to raise your hand just as a way to indicate that. Just put it up high enough so I can see it and wave at me. And at the end of the service, Joel and Shannon or maybe whoever you brought with you would love to talk with you about it. But is there anyone today who'd love to start that journey with Jesus? It's just a part in the journey. He's got so much more for you. But I'd love to give you that opportunity today.
going to wait just a little minute more. I want to give you that chance. Don't want to let the moment pass. It's no problem. First thing I want to do is I want to lead us just in an act of remembering. Um, And so just as we stand in the silence, I'd love us all to just begin to recall in our mind a moment where we've known the goodness of God. It could be anything. I don't don't want to define what that is, but just a moment where you can remember his goodness, where you knew he was there. And so, God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you, God, for the moments in our life where you've been present and we've been aware of it. We thank you for the moments you've been present and we've been unaware of it. And today, God, we want to commit to actively remembering who you are, that you are the God of miracles, that you are a God above it all, that you're not distant, that you're not silent. You haven't withdrawn from us. You haven't rejected us. And Father, as we remember that, would we step into all that you have for us? Come, Holy Spirit. Yeah, Joel, why don't you share? Yeah, I have a sense that the comfort of God is available in the room for people who really need it. You can indicate if this is you, and if this is a difficult one to respond to, maybe feels a bit vulnerable, so you don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to. I think there's someone here whose name is Angela, and I think, I think you actually had a brother who, who passed away. I think it was recently. Uh, and I, I really have a sense that the Lord wants to bring comfort to you in this moment. Um, so that can be for you if that's you. Uh, if you need comfort in the room, it's available. Father God, right now, I pray for your, uh, your arms to embrace those who need it in the room. Um, Angela, if she's here online, wherever she is, I pray for your presence to be really particularly close to her. It says in the Bible that you're near to people who are brokenhearted. I pray that wouldn't just be words for her right now, but it would be tangible and real. You'd be good and real and near to her. It doesn't diminish the loss, but you are real and near. So I pray that in Jesus' name. Um, God's intention and design has always been that we would look like him, <laughs> that we would sound like him, that we would hear like him, like we would do the things like Neil shared today that, that Jesus did. And I feel this morning that the Lord has a fresh invitation for us into purity. And when I say the word purity, all that means, if you think of something that's pure, it's clear. You can see right through it. It's translucent. And I feel like for some of us this morning, there's a freedom available to walk in God's purity. There's freedom from 
brokenness and pain in our stories, from maybe lifestyle decisions that we've made, from maybe circumstances we've ended up in that have just made us feel a little bit cloudy or like we're not the clear reflection of Jesus. And so if you would love to respond to that, you might wanna place out your hands or put your hands over your heart. And I'm just gonna pray for us this morning. Lord, I thank you that your intention and your design and your heart is that we would look like you, that we would know your peace, your freedom. You say in your word that you bring us into broad places, spacious places where we get to delight and know you. And so Lord, this morning I pray for anyone on site or online who just feels like a disruption from your presence. God, we pray that your purity says in the Bible that those who are pure in heart will see God. Mm. And so, Lord, we ask that we see you, that we see more of you. In your name we pray. Amen. Yeah, just stay in that place just one minute. Our team are gonna go into the overflow now. So if you're part of the um, prayer team and and the guys that are gonna set up those prophetic um, stations, would you just wanna go there now just as as we uh, begin to close this time? And so Father, we do just pray, Lord, that you would activate us today. And I just pray courage over each of us this week as we step in uh, to whatever it is. From the very moment we step out of this building and we engage in whatever our world's gonna look like this week. I pray that in the midst of uncertainty, and maybe we don't know whether to turn left or right, that we would be certain about who you are and who you've called us to be. God, we pray that we would step in to receive opportunities this week to share your goodness, God, to see your kingdom come. Would we be the people that proclaim that your kingdom is near, that we would heal the sick, that we would raise the dead, that we would cleanse the leper, that we would drive out demons, God, that we would do all that it is because we have freely received, so we would freely give. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thank you, God. And so if you, this morning, just before I hand back over to Joel and Shannon, we're gonna close the service. And if you want to receive prayer, if you wanna hear what God might have to say into your life and you'd love to have the guys pray for you and ask for God to prophetically release what he has for you, you can begin to move over that way now and the rest of us can grab our seats. But why don't you move over there now if you wanna do that? We just need one person to go first and then we'll all know that it's legal. And you can do that. And I'm gonna hand back over to the guys, Joel and Shannon, thank you. Thank you for joining us for our podcast today. For more information, resources, and opportunities, you can check us out at cosmicoastvineyard.com.